had one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us. The Eminem Show. Eminem. Signs that are ruled by Mercury. That would be specifically Gemini's and Virgos. Mercury also rules communication, so that would be your air <coughs> signs because they're the communicators. <coughs> so these specific signs will be very, very, very affected by Mercury. It will mm. seem like a clusterfuck of what the fuck, what? basically. What? Your best Which plans. signs are those again? All of them. That would be your Libras, your Aquarius, Damn. your Geminis, and then again adding in your Virgos because they're ruled by Mercury too. So that doesn't mean that everybody is exempt from what happens with Libra? Mercury. Aquarius. Wow. Aquarius. Oh. Libra. Libra. What in the? Yes. <laughs> that is it has up. been a hard couple of days too. Yeah, man. It really it has. Wow. You have to work very hard at not being petty, spiteful, or snarky or anything like that. Because while it seems like Mercury retrograde, you know, Mercury goes around the Earth faster. I mean, around the sun faster than the Earth does. So there's a period when it seems as if it's moving backwards in the sky. Mm. This is the retrograde. It happens three times a year. So during that time, communication is just awry. Arguments out of nowhere for nothing. Out of like, what do you mean, Jay Mills? <laughs> exactly. Um, transportation and communication <coughs> mess ups, car breakings, phone breakings, all of things like that. And everything um, in my life makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the weather. It's like oh, Mercury's in retrograde. Let me bring my bullshit under umbrella. Right. It's so sixty it's degrees outside right bullshit. now. No big deal. Everything's <laughs> right? fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing well, to worry about. How do us Aquarius about. and Libra protect ourselves for the next retrograde? Well, one thing, and I've been remiss on doing this today, and I feel, and I know better, is wearing copper. <laughs> copper is a good thing to help your energies and your balance. Your Does a copper IUD help? Oh, that's interesting. Hey, I mean, it has to. It's in like your most important fucking factory. <laughs> I'm gonna get a copper yeah. fucking wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> 
like a lead like copper. Oh, um, at any any store that sells cool candles, um, herbs, and things like that, they tend to have these copper bracelets, and they also have mm. magnetic bracelets that go here along, you know, one of your important prime meridians, and kind of help to get your aura straight you know if you got your quartz now's a good time definitely to incorporate Mm. that into wearing that everyday quartz kind of catches negative energies and doesn't let it weigh on you it's not like it's a block you know but there's there's a truth (coughs) to like people bringing energy that stays on you Mm. and then sometimes they can bring the bullshit and you can just ha 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 look at you (laughs) and your bullshit it doesn't affect me (laughs) look at you and your bullshit yo i just have mad gold and like crystals and (laughs) you know like the intention Gold. is good. A watch has quartz in it. And I was and I normally don't wear my watch and for the past few days I had an event on Sunday and I made a point to like wear my watch. It's, it's little subtle things I've been mm. thinking about, more conscious of my accessories and things like that. Not even mm-hmm. putting in it together that, oh, it's because you need to be arming yourself mm. in the midst of this celestial storm that's occurring. So When's but, the next retrograde? You know, they always surprise me. It's like out of nowhere. Hey, it's like the sun just came up, you know. Exactly. Maybe Mercury just moved its ass a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know where. Boom. Um, so the most important thing is to. Okay, this is also a time to reflect. This is a time to finish what you started, not to start anew. Whatever you got going on, mm. close it. You may find friendships and relationships finally closing or opening. Like mm. everybody in your life. It's a it's like a checkpoint. Like are you are you here or not? <laughs> you may find yeah, yourself feeling like ultimatums. Like ultimately, like I'm you know what? That's it. And go with it. You know, when Mercury's in rec- retrograde, just know that it's a time to reflect. It's a time to look at what you have. It's a time to kind of go back over what you've been doing. Reflect. And in your actions be proactive. Because, you know, we know when we're being snarky. We are the masters of sarcasm and shade yes. and backwards insults. Shade craft. Get out of my head. Shade <laughs> craft is real. And like, shade craft. Shout being, out to Adrian Marie Brown for that term. <laughs> Just being careful not to do that right now. Mm. Now is not the time to put that out because it will come right back at Damn. you and you can't fight it. No matter how Why right didn't you, you tell are. Me that yesterday. You, it's a way that you have to communicate. And I've just I've found how <laughs> how much my words can cut, you know? I'm like, man, I can't because anything, it's gonna come right back. And you're gonna look like that no matter how right you are. It's yeah, because I know up. my shade was right. Yeah, <laughs> well, your intention, but the like the energy just, you were creating. Yeah, right? it's positive and professional though. Hey, Amen. It's, it's speak a crazy for yourself. Time. <laughs> <laughs> it is a crazy time. It's so it's so. Well, thank you for enlightening uh, us on that, Jay. I think uh, all of us feel a little bit relieved that it's not us. <laughs> it's um, them. It's totally not you. <laughs> it's everybody else. Yeah. In this in this case. It's not you. Well, I want to introduce our viewers (laughs) to our two uh, very special Libra and Aquarius in Mercury retrograde guests today. (laughs) Uh, Please clap your hands at home for real right now. Clap your hands Uh, for these two amazing DC women and leaders. uh, I'd like to introduce you to Jessica Raven. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm good. Thank you for having me tonight. We're so happy to have you. And please welcome the fabulous Chantal Coudot. 
Thank you. How you doing? Super excited to be here. We love having you both here. Indeed. And these two amazing, fashionable, just powerful women are the leaders of Collective Action for Safe Spaces DC, um, an awesome nonprofit here that is working to uh, expose stories uh, that women have and uh, build community and create really a safe haven um, for women and femmes alike to be safe and get away and they're going to explain it more to us but uh if we can get that website up for them in the near future uh that'd be awesome please definitely visit their website to uh, learn more about them but queens tell us when did collective action for safe spaces uh start here (coughs) in dc it's a relatively new organization right Fairly. It actually started as Hollaback DC back in 2009. Oh, yeah. I know. A lot of people don't make the connection, and I don't always often highlight it. (laughs) It was a very different organization back then, mostly focused on uh, getting folks to share their stories, their personal experiences with street harassment in DC. And we have evolved to do a lot more work beyond that. Um, So, CAS, Hollaback DC became CAS in 2012. And in that, at that point, started doing workshops on how to respond to street harassment, how to intervene if you witness someone else experiencing it, and started doing a lot more advocacy with WMATA because we recognized mm. that public transit was a place where a lot of people were experiencing harassment because it's also a space where you're, you're easily isolated. It's not easy to get away if you're on board a train or on board a bus. Um, so people were experienced, were being groped. Um, there were a lot of incidents of public masturbation. Can you speak to that? Oh, yes. It's happened <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. On, <laughs> yeah. And it was everything that you said. I was isolated. There was nobody else on that uh, train. I sat down and this guy came and sat down like in the place right across from me. I was going out to organize a worker way out in uh, Langley Park. And um, so you were on a green line. Uh, no, I was on. The blue line. The blue line, too. I was mm. on the blue line. And I didn't even know there was a blue line. <laughs> <laughs> red light. Re, red uh, red line life. Green line life, right? I don't ride the metro. Oh, you <laughs> ride your bike. I ride my bike. This oh, is a bike rider here. I'm a bike rider, yeah. Okay. But yeah, this was years ago. I was riding the metro, blue line, all the way out to the end to meet up with a worker. Um, talk about, you know... Uh, increasing their wages and standing mm-hmm. up for paid sick days in the workplace. And uh, it was at like noon, broad daylight, mm-hmm. you know. I wouldn't think that anything like that would have happened mm-hmm. in broad daylight. But um, so I was comfortable. I like started to like take a little nap or whatever. And then like after a while, I felt this. I felt that something was wrong. Of the yeah, train I, I, car. I I heard this like reg. I heard this rhythmic sound, mm. and it was not the train. Fapping. And it took and it and I <laughs> and and I was aware of it. My eyes were still closed, but I knew I felt something was wrong, and I was almost afraid to open my eyes and see what was happening. And eventually, I did because I was like, I can't stay paralyzed here like this. And I and I and I looked over and he was looking at me dead in the eye mm. and jacking off right in the middle of the day. And I was horrified and scared. Yeah. I couldn't say anything. It was just 
open mouth silence, and uh, I got off on the very next stop and ran to um, like a metro security person, but uh, dude was already gone, you know, mm-hmm. by the time. But like, I definitely had uh, PTSD um, for quite a while. Uh, I, I, if I saw anyone that looked like him, like I, I was afraid it was him, you know, and not that he touched me or anything like that, but it was just like, I thought this shit only happened in like New York. That doesn't happen here in Washington, DC for real, for real. So, um, and it's happened in the library to me twice. Also public libraries, two to three times. Some random ass person has, uh, masturbated while staring at me publicly and I'm not flattered. It's gross. And uh, the sad thing about it is that um, I feel like it's like a mental health issue Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's that actual sexual aggression and sometimes yeah there are other layers people are experiencing homelessness that people have mental health issues and these are other issues that we are not addressing as a city as a country and should be um and so that's part of the problem i mean the only approach to deal with these incidents historically has been criminalization and so so often people are masturbating on the metro or do some sexually something sexually aggressive on the metro or in public spaces and the only response is to arrest them and for public masturbation they're in jail for a night they're back out the next day you're not going to go to jail forever for public masturbation and they do the same thing the next day and so we've seen especially Mm. this year so many stories of people who have been arrested 20 50 70 times for public masturbation and i think it gets to the point you're making which is we're not we're not addressing this problem in the right way. There need to be other approaches. Yeah. And so actually now um, D.C. is considering a more public health approach to addressing sexual violence on a citywide so, level. And that's what, what's needed. Yeah. How come you get popped with like a bag of weed on the south side and you can go to jail and you have to go to court and mm-hmm. you like have your life fucked for two years. But you can just like whip your dick out on the metro mm-hmm. 70 times and there's no like repercussions for mm-hmm. that. Like, nope. It really shows you, uh, you know, in case anybody was you know missing that the drug war was. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly yes. uh, oppressive and racist and uh, planned. Just a friendly reminder from the Eminem show mm-hmm. there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's crazy that you can get arrested 50 or 70 times for any fucking thing and, yeah. and just, just walk around. I mean, it gives or, me low key I hope, mean, yeah, it also makes me think like uh, we should know by now that this doesn't work. <laughs> right. There is nothing rehabilitative about prison. And if anything, people are coming out of jail more Worse. aggressive. Yeah. Right. And really yeah. So we need, we need another way. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's helping in any way. How could this, the, the solution for that be isolation? Right. Right. Seems yeah. like that would make you masturbate more. <clears throat> exactly. Um, it would make me. And, yeah. and I know, instead, just yeah. Them, oh, God. Now you can't but, be seeing any men. Mm, I gotta yeah. think about it and do What this. else what is there to do? What am I gonna do? do? Yeah. No, it's, it's so horrible. I think it, it really comes from mm. a lot of repression as well as the general objectification of a woman and her body and her body parts and uh, this idea that if you can see it then it's yours it's yours yeah mm-hmm. flat out you mm-hmm. know and it's like that <clears throat> that well if she didn't want me to then why have this lipstick on why have this gloss on why have this skirt on why why have your hair out why be beautiful mm-hmm. why have your makeup on why wear heels why smile why, why smile <laughs> why not just you know cover yourself up so that nobody can see anything and then is but we know now from countries where that happens that even then still you're still 
still not safe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. <clears throat> I really yeah. do think that repression leads to obsession. And we are looking at the symptoms of a country that was founded on Puritans. Mm. True, Flat out. You know, I think up. about going to other countries where, you know, we have certain luxuries. I, I love to talk about wearing a bra in America versus outside of this country a bra underwear you know the type of things that we wear to keep our bodies covered contained they don't exist and Mm. it took a while to kind of get used to that like i'm just seeing things and it was a reset you know but nobody is getting groped you know nobody is 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 doing anything i mean i don't know i i feel that maybe cold weather kind of can bring out a very barbaric nature in men. Nah, because most incidents happen in the summertime, so that doesn't Yeah, it happens in the it. summertime because yeah, I mean, they don't see the skins. I see how it is up north. As soon as the, it starts getting warm, they're like, oh, oh, sundresses. Mm. Oh, oh my God, the skins <laughs> is coming out. Oh, I see toes. And even huh? then, I wouldn't like, even say it's it's related to what what women wear or what anyone wears it's it's about the fact that people are just outside more <laughs> and more likely to interact with other people mm. and and we have an overarching mm. rape culture and there oh, are yeah. cultures in the world that are not rape cultures yes. and they are not founded on rigid gender norms and I, ours is not one of them and they also <laughs> yeah. don't, don't wear, wear underwear or panties in those countries <clears throat> one would say they were tribal uncivilized so with the weight of this civilization Mm. is causing monstrous activity is horrible like Mm. sex is supposed to be celebrated that's how you make a baby why is it that because a woman is sexy she's supposed to be disrespected Mm -hmm. why do you think that rape is like something that you only get a couple years in jail for like come on humans come from here why do you even get more time for sodomy then rape babies don't come from buttholes What's going on here? What's Wisdom really going nugget. on? Real like, talk. I'm just saying, like, so, like, what is going on with us? The fact that, like, public masturbation? Are you serious? Is that what you think your dick is for? You think, what the hell is wrong with these men? Like, there's a lot I, of rage. Yeah. There's a lot of rage. So yeah. Know of yourself. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm constantly in conflict because on one hand, I'm like, this is so, like, what the fuck is wrong with men? <laughs> like, what is wrong with them? And why, you know, why is it that one in five women will experience sexual assault and one in four women will experience domestic violence? On the other hand, I'm the mother of a boy mm-hmm. and I see what he experiences on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I see the way that even at the supermarket, um, there will be cashiers who will say, oh, well, you want flag stickers? Or do you want flower stickers? Boys don't like flowers. I see the ways that he's socialized mm-hmm. to like some things and to dominate and to, you know, he's been called a pimp. He, again, three years old. Wow. <laughs> um, four and it's like, so, so we yeah. raise them this way. We do. Uh, mm-hmm. in every, and, and they're, they're constantly um, encountering this like where they're they're taught to dominate to yeah um, it's about to, power mm-hmm, and it's, it's two mm-hmm. things that are taught yeah i um had this situation with my son got upset at this little girl and he like kicked at her or something and hit her and he also had a really huge crush on a girl like he really likes her a lot you know so the he, situation so i'm being very stern hmm? how old is he he's four four right, right. um she's six so she wasn't tripping off the kick too much she didn't want him to get in trouble at this very young age, I started to realize certain dynamics. What her mother said to her, hey, you know, he just likes you. You know, you need to be nice to him. Oh, Don't be gosh. so mean to him. 
And I think of how many yeah. little girls are taught that at that young, young age. And also what the men learn, what the little boys are learning. <clears throat> that, well, if you like a girl, you, you hit her, you disrespect her. her. Yep. And little girl, the boys that hit you and disrespect you, they like they you. They like you. So be yeah. nice to them. If that's what happens, you're not supposed to react in anger. That's what You're I supposed taught. to just, you that's know, what you were taught? don't yeah. be so mean. And I was yeah. like, wait, when her mother said that, I'm like, I'm sorry, but no, no. If he kicks you, you have every right to get upset. Mm-hmm. You need to fight him back. It is not okay. Even mm-hmm. if he likes you, it is never okay. And, like, man. Yeah. The, yep. What? Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, I feel you, like, just seeing that other side of that and how men are socialized. I don't have to worry about losing my femininity. Mm-hmm. Right. Ever. Never. I don't care what I do, who I do. I'm never going to not be. But a man is just one action away from not being a man. Mm-hmm. And if that hmm. idea of manhood is is just dangerously wrapped in rape culture, that's where you have this what's going on right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, yeah. just unpacking the layers. Because yeah. you're right. Like, how do we we can't start at masturbation? Like, gosh, and mm-hmm. what you guys are doing is so important because... Women got to speak up. It does mm-hmm. It does start there. We have been taught not to. We've been See, taught to be thing. quiet. I actually, Cass used to have that view that women need to speak up. We, women need to, you know, assertively respond to sexual harassment. And I don't, I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's there's not. anything that women can do to protect ourselves from sexual harassment and sexual assault. It starts with men. It starts with changing men's behaviors and and making them realize we've been socialized this way and we need to change. We need to take responsibility for our actions. And, and, and also it hurts men too. I mean, I don't think that men feel whole when they dominate and, and engage in violence against women or um, Mm -hmm. people who are more marginalized than them. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a lot, um, I mean, a lot that men, men want healthy relationships, too, I think. And they're missing out on, on all of that opportunity to, like, be able to express their emotions when they're told from young ages, don't cry when don't you fall that. and get hurt. You know, like uh, I read this article, I shared it and I got several men that sent me private Facebook messages about how they were just rocked by it. And it was about how men are suffering from a lack of touch mm-hmm. and um, how like girls, we see our girl, we hug. It's okay for us to hug, and we don't even think about how openly we can hug. And really, shout outs to Molly and Molly's hugs. I'm a hugger. (laughs) Long hugger, yo. Like, we can give that, and men can't. Unless it's their girlfriend. They are so trapped in being able to physically touch somebody. It's either violence or sex for them to get this contact. And I mean, there's so many things that's playing. I'm not making excuses yeah, at all. No, I'm just right. like, mm-hmm. this guy, is what is. Even if you're a friend, like you can't linger too long on mm-hmm. that hug. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of even like we all know? had heard in middle school and high school, no homo. Like if they if right. they dare to touch each other, yeah, they can't perhaps even they're gay. Yeah, <laughs> and also, what's wrong with that? <laughs> right, right. Wow. I want to um, bring the conversation because we started off on like the top. You know, this is what's going on. <laughs> These are all the problems, but I want to bring it back to the personal um, level um, and know uh, how if you're a woman or a man who's thinking about any of this, like how you can uh, start talking about it or get involved. Um, so I'm curious to know y'all's story. Chantal, how did you um, come to be involved with collective action of safe spaces? Uh, 
what led you to uh, be able to speak up about uh, these type of conditions? Yeah. Um, well, I met Jessica, um, and I was just really the work is is really powerful to me. You know, it's something that you know I think about on a daily, and I also think about. Um, I think you said, you know, when when a little boy um, kicked kicked a little girl, she didn't want to get him in trouble, right? And so I think I think a lot about how do we find solutions where, um, particularly because, you know, the idea of like punishment or getting someone in trouble, um, we know the police like the police don't work, <laughs> right? They don't work for. Um, anyone for anyone um they don't work particularly for folks of color for trans folks for um for survivors of of um gendered violence they it just they don't work right um so how do we have solutions that are um really trauma-informed and and centered on survivors um that don't involve the state that we know is not mm. you know the state as as in like state violence as in um the criminal legal system how do we have those and so uh i was just really um overwhelmed with with the power of the the work that Cass was doing and so i'm you got involved yeah i got involved exactly <laughs> you just made that step you were yeah. like hey i'm here i want to volunteer or i want to help or mm -hmm. how can i apply what she's can i do she's basically on staff for like six months and now she's our deputy director <laughs> hey and okay. we actually pay her now yes <laughs> that is so awesome That's moving up the nonprofit ladder it's always great yes. to get paid <laughs> yeah. it's always great to get sure. paid what's that like yes <laughs> So I want to ask you, Molly, actually, because you're somebody that over the years has been watching on um, Facebook that has spoken out when you've seen uh, women unjustly treated or when you see rape culture in the media or here at local D.C. bars and stuff. What um, gives you the strength or inspires you to like talk about it and speak out? Because um, talking <clears throat> about these issues is really hard for a lot of people because of the trauma that they face um, or because of the way they're raised. So what kind of makes you fiery? Anger, just straight up yeah. anger. Yeah, I mean, um, well, <clears throat> I, I was fortunate um, to, to live a life that I wasn't really, I didn't suffer any, uh, you know, abuse, like especially as a woman, I didn't, I wasn't uh, um, subject to anything quite like that. Yay. Like I had a dysfunctional family <laughs> in our own way and, you know, abusive at times, albeit, but not in that way. Ooh. And so, um, <laughs> and I never really experienced any, um, I, I had a kind of a toxic abusive relationship and then a really abusive relationship. And mm. I found myself like having to get a restraining order. Um, and, um, no one liked him. <laughs> uh, and then when I broke up with him, everyone continued to talk to him, even though I asked them not to. And like, mm. I had to really, you know, say, Hey, it's a really a problem. I ha I'm getting a restraining order. Um, and no one believed me, um, or people just didn't want to take sides. Um, and a lot of people chose to hang out with him afterwards until he like stole from them or like, you know, pr showed his ass, you know what I mean? Which I had protected them all from. That's for... that male privilege right there. Yeah. And so, um, no one believed me. <clears throat> no one sucks. believed me. Uh, my family wasn't there, um, at all. Uh, in fact, the last time I spoke to my father was a week after I filed the restraining order. Uh, and he was screaming at me about his website. Uh, and that, that's literally the last time I spoke to him. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I just really experienced what it's like to have gone through something like that and just not be believed. <clears throat> and fuck that, because every woman is being fucked with on some level. So, yeah. like, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. There have been times when people, situation have, have, have arisen... <clears throat> And, like, you know, not every story is true, okay? Right? Not every story is true, but there is, like, a small sliver of stories that are not true, and then there's a giant fucking pie of stories that are. Mm -hmm. And everybody always wants to default to the one that's not mm -hmm. true, mm -hmm. and that's bullshit. Literally 0.5% <clears throat> of stories are not true. And I've dealt yeah. with one of them. So mm -hmm. I'm not, like, a firm, like, no, the woman's always right. Like, it really sucks. Yeah, oh, I man. I wish there was some type of crime oh, man. for women who purposely lie yeah. about it. But it's, it's hard because what's the difference? difference between lying and not being able to prove the truth mm. is what i'm sure some would toy on yeah. mm. and that's the only Deep. reason why i'm not like really like yeah nah if it comes out that you lied done but honestly i don't you. even I... mind the odds are that no. men have have generally engaged in these behaviors no, no i know I, someone who full out yeah, flat we both out do actually yeah so. mm -hmm. same person same situation it's yeah. totally fabricated something and mm -hmm. tried to get people to agree just because of who we were jeopardizing so much for so many people so selfishly out of anger um mm -hmm. out of anger it so it's just like what so like, yeah so as a survivor though, right. it makes me so um, yeah, nothing makes me like, angry. Like for real, mm. dog. Oh my mm. god! Like men who are I, abusive make me angry, and women who lie about men being abusive make me even angrier because what? they take away the rights of actual victims. You make it so hard. But but let's not focus on that because it is literally a sliver mm. yeah. of what's it's out a sliver there. Of it is a sliver. Sli it's just ironic that we both know, but <laughs> the same situation. But oh, it's no. a it's a sliver, and I mean, um, people, you know, it, it's. It, I will say this. Um, I've got nothing but support for being super vocal and like I'm not afraid like fuck with me like I'm afraid of the guy who who abused me but I'm not afraid of anybody else you know mm -hmm. what I mean mm -hmm. and so like I can be strong for those women and like I can like I can do that and I'm cool with that like I don't mind I've gone on a couple campaigns to shut down like known rapists like I'll do whatever I can you know uh, to, to, to help out because um, because it fucking matters you know mm -hmm. what I mean and I've never gotten anything but support um, I'll never forget um, Soup, Eric Soup Campbell. He's a friend of mine on Facebook who I, I've met one time. I've been friends with him for a number of years. <clears throat> and the time that I actually met him, he said, hey, I got to say to you, um, I see everything that you say on Facebook. And please don't stop having those uh, those conversations, those thoughts, because it's making me have conversations with my male friends mm. that I've never had before. And like, mm -hmm. you're creating so much change by being this way. Like, don't let anybody intimidate you. Like, don't stop fighting. Like, you're really me. And this is a guy who's like, you know, an like a nice, solid, regular dude. Yeah. So just knowing that, like, even from afar on Facebook, seeing that if it's sparking any conversations about consent or or anything fucking productive that's not Kim Kardashian or something that doesn't fucking matter, you know what I mean? Like, if it's sparking some conversation about, like, what is consent, like, how do we deal with this, we're getting there. And and now that the Me Too thing has come out, mm -hmm. everyone, getting a lot of messages going like, okay, now I understand why you're so angry. And I'm like, yeah, because this Me Too shit is not fucking new. No. It's new to you right. motherfuckers, but it's not right. new to me. It's not new to Jay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not new to anybody at this table. Mm -hmm. It's just new to a bunch of fucking men. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only one who's shocked right yeah. now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's weird 
weird, but if you, you know, a little bit of vindication, it's like, yeah, man, you guys just thought I was just angry all the fucking time. Like, yeah. you don't think it stems from all the private conversations I'm having with women all week, you know? And I'm sure, I, I don't even know how you guys deal with it, because I've mm. now become kind of that pillar for people, so they come to me. So I can't even imagine the amount of energy um, and just, like, fucking heartache mm. and, like, just horrible shit that you guys must like absorb <clears throat> you know yeah. and have to be that light going back like mad props mad Thank respects uh, to both you and mm-hmm. everyone in the organization because um, it's important but it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard work man you, you have to, it's hard it's a lot too like being a survivor and also like hearing ser- stories every single day because they're happening every single day mm-hmm. it's it's a lot but it's also I think that finally we're able to, um, I mean, a lot of people feel, feel empowered by being able to get involved in advocacy, to be, get, sure. get involved in training people on how to how to intervene, how to respond. Um, and I think exactly what you said, like just sharing things on social media, doing those little, like speaking out in, in conversations with mm-hmm. your, your friend groups, your neighbors, right. your family members, like mm-hmm. the people in your communities, that is so significant. And that's what really needs to be happening. We all 100%. need to be having those conversations every single day yeah. about... The things that seem seem that they're not so severe, you know, like it, it's not always mm-hmm. about rape. It's, it's sometimes it's rape jokes. Sometimes it's like right. really, um, you know, insignificant <clears throat> sexist comments or sexual comments that we we brush off every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, not me. Not I'm me. Really I mean, I, right, that. right. I've <laughs> lost friends who've made rape jokes and stuff. I'm like, it's not fucking funny. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. Not there's funny, funny ever. You know, and sometimes I'm just like, well, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. I'm not tolerating that kind of shit. And that is so important, <laughs> setting that boundary. That's, I mean, like, we've come so far in being able to set boundaries in those everyday interactions. Because um, I know I, I grew up in New York City. It's funny that you mentioned, like, you know, this isn't New York and public masturbation shouldn't be happening on the metro. Like, I grew up in New York. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, public masturbation is always on the metro. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've been, like, sexually harassed on the street, on the metro, all over the place since I was, like, 11, 12 years old because mm-hmm. that's just, like, life in New York, walking down the street in New York. And so you internalize it, you normalize it, you think this is just what it's like to be outside. Absolutely. And, like, birds are chirping. <laughs> right, right. Like, hey, mommy. Okay, great. This yeah. is my day. Uh, and <laughs> It's cold it, up there. <laughs> I mean, right, it happens too. in the country, too. It's just not on public transit. It's just, mm-hmm. like, a creepy car will follow you mm-hmm. walking down the road mm-hmm. and things like that, you know? And then you're isolated where sometimes people aren't watching, too. Yeah. Yeah, it happens everywhere. everywhere. There is no space that's safe. I mean, you said it happens in libraries. It happens. Yes. I've gotten calls about it happening in the church. Like, it happens it everywhere. It happens on your no phone. And you get a no random dick pic. No space that's immune. Um, random dick pics belong with public masturbation. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Just as offensive. Unsolicited sure. like yeah. shit. So, um, Anything that's not consensual. Absolutely, which I saw on your Facebook page, the really awesome uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel, um, was it Jimmy Kimmel? The clip with uh, Tracy Lee Ross oh, yes. and uh, with her, her uh, children's book. Oh my God, Yes, the Mr. Hansy. Oh that was really awesome. <laughs> A children's book for adults, though. <laughs> yes. Adult yes. men yes. still don't get it. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out uh, Collective Action for Safe Spaces. Uh, like them on Facebook. Follow them. They've got some really awesome posts on there. Speaking of which, um, there was one I was looking on today um, where they had a graphic uh, by a quote by Margot St. James um, if y'all can show that for us uh, 
tell us a little bit about who is Margot St. James and how prostitution um, uh, and the punishment of that adds to um, the the general uh, criminalization of women's bodies mm-hmm. and their rights or lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, the fact that sex work is criminalized, that it's it's a crime to engage in consensual sex if it's in exchange for money or any other thing. Like, that says a lot about um, the way that we think about sex and the way that we think about women's work. Um, so, the, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's essentially, and I think it's it's particularly relevant right now as we're talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. Like, this is a workplace we're still not getting to. The fact that sex workers are experiencing sexual assault, particularly by police officers, all the time because their work is criminalized. They are particularly vulnerable because of the criminalization of their work. They just get swooped up anytime mm-hmm. for no damn reason. Mm-hmm. Wow. And be and have that that their work, the way that they're you know, surviving used <laughs> against them. Um and and officers will say, you know, either you do this or you're going to jail tonight. Uh, and it happens all the time, and it's just not talked about enough. Um, and there is a lot of even controversy about the idea of decriminalizing sex work. People are afraid that, you know, if we decriminalize sex work, then more people will get involved in sex work. Um, we'll see it more often. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, who cares <laughs> either way? I think the issue is, like, there is this broader conflation of sex work with sex trafficking. Mm. Um and so people think, well, you know, women would never engage in, in sexual exchange for money I, on their own. I mean, God, you know, they have to be manipulated by some man to do. And, and it says a lot about, like, what we think, um, like, whether or not we think women can be sexual or should be sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, so there's a broader conflation of sex work and sex trafficking. People think that um all sex workers are being trafficked, and uh, and so there is a lot of resistance to the idea of criminalizing their work. But the people who are most likely to be punished for engaging in survival sex work are people who are experiencing homelessness, um, especially women of color, especially black trans women mm-hmm. who are likely to experience uh, discrimination <clears throat> in the workforce. I mean, here in D.C., 55% of black trans adults are unemployed mm. and um, 48% have experienced employment or 48% of D.C. employers would prefer a cisgender applicant over a less qualified cisgender applicant over a more qualified transgender applicant. So a lot of people. How mm-hmm. do you come up with those stats? Like, Yeah, it was actually the D.C. Office of Human Rights that did a study in 2016 17 actually just this past year that released those that's that data. Where employers actually said I would prefer a cisgender. No, 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 no. <laughs> um I don't, I don't think anybody says that, but basically the way they did it was they um they submit, you know, an application with a, you know, I think like feminine name. Oh, they just and, do like yeah. secret runs basically. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Sending Mark people in studies yeah. like that before. Yeah, um, and sent applicants different in and then you, mm-hmm. you uh, measure who gets talked to and yeah. who gets a potential hire back and you know you send in random people to different mm-hmm. places and track it mm-hmm. so like same certain identities yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. are being um, rejected from the workplace overall and, and not be not able to access housing and so that one thing that they're able to do to survive is often sex work or criminalized work and uh, and then they're sent to jail for it, punished for surviving. You know, I had I was having um, uh, slightly um, 
veering just a little bit, but it's something that I thought of um, earlier um, when you were talking about sex work and getting paid for it. And um, the G-Eazy Cardi B song that's out right now, uh, Fuck With Me and Get Some Money. You know that song. Fuck With Me and Get Some Money. Yes. <laughs> so I was talking to my husband. Like Shout out, Chris. Deck. Love you. And um, <clears throat> we were talking about how we love the song. We love the beat, you know. But then um, he commented. He was like, the only thing I don't like is that, you know, the guys say, fuck with me and get some money. But then Cardi B says, fuck him, then I get some money. And I was like, well, I like that she says that. Um, because that's her being her and why not get money after sex if that's what your intention and your because goal is. first things first, you get the money first. That's first. <laughs> She's giving bad advice. You don't fuck them, then you get the money. You get the money and then you fuck them. That's one. Another wisdom nugget. Two. Another yeah. wisdom nugget. Like, seriously. It's coming, 2018. <laughs> that's right. I'm just... <laughs> year of the wisdom nugget. It's coming, 2018. Have a, a calendar. <laughs> yes. How many wisdom nuggets... A year can we Nugget buckets, a day can we fill up? But yeah, you know, I mm. I um even though it may be um to different people um f- that that uh <clears throat> lyric or whatever may make them feel like oh she's a hoe or something like that. I'm like, no, it's in, I think it's empowering. I like that she said that. Um and then she goes on to assert, I need tongue, I need face, give me brain, concentrate. You know, it's like from a assertive place of what she wants and is demanding. Shout out to Cardi B. And Little Kim. Mm-hmm. And Little Kim, so, yes, yeah. yes. Little Kim was made a pimp, it. not a whore. Yes. <laughs> Shout outs to Hips, helping independent prostitutes survive. Uh-huh. Dope, 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 nonprofit mm-hmm. also, you know. But, uh, you know, that's a whole nother talk show. But gain to be sold, never told. So we should talk about like um, safe spaces. <laughs> I know. It's always great when when Nick, when Jay says something ridiculous. It's just to watch Nikki's face immediately after. She's it's like it's comedy gold. Do it. <laughs> it's great. Um, Get the money first. So um, safe spaces to to clarify too. Uh, you guys do work with bars, right? Yeah. So that's what particularly interests me, um, and I'm sure Nikki as well, because Nikki talks about her experience in the bars all the time. Let's talk about it. But yeah, so so it. if you're a bar owner, <clears throat> which I, you know, if you're one of my friends who's listening, you might very well be a bar owner. Um, you should get your your space uh, Safe. safely certified. So could you guys tell us a little bit more about what that means for DC bars and restaurants? If you're listening, can you get safe certified through? Co- oh, that's dope! Yeah. I didn't even realize oh, that. Oh shit! I want to be every a safe space. restaurant needs to and bar <laughs> needs to get safe certified. That's right. You heard it, it here, folks. Yeah. One of the number one places where women and men in LGBT community mm-hmm. face sexual mm-hmm. harassment from mm-hmm. management, from consumers, from their own coworkers and themselves is just like a part of the film that covers the hospitality industry. <laughs> yeah. How can how can a motherfucker get certified? <laughs> so Safe Bar Collective um, does a number of things. One is um, training uh, and you get certified. So we do bystander intervention training um, for, for DC agencies but 
Safe Bar Collective is particularly um, focused on bars and restaurants and nightlife, as you said. Wait, you said different um, agencies, so like any business can be a safe space. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We should get a safe yeah. space Absolutely. certification here. But we won't train any business because we have definitely gotten a lot of requests from businesses, bars actually, <laughs> that have had incidents and have tried to come to us mm-hmm. for damage control, and that is not how this works. Uh, uh, trying to cover come. up the dirt. Yeah, I mean, so it doesn't work like right. that. Mother- uh, Fuckers. So anyone can who comes at it from a place of actually want to make their space. I want to make. I want to make one love a safe space. Yeah. I want to have that sticker on the front door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the J. We have currently forty bar and restaurant partners. So all the actually a lot in Shaw. Um. So all the drink company bars. Shout out to Derek Derek Brown Brown and Angie Featherston who have been amazing partners. Um, yeah. and you know, is it energy? Doesn't energy yeah. have a lot of safe spaces? Energy, uh, neighborhood restaurant like. group, Hazel, Church Key. Oh, Church Key, they yeah. were our first Church Key and Birch yeah. and Barley were our first partner bars. Awesome, nice. yeah. There are Shaw's Tavern, 801, a number of, number of bars in this area, plus all the distilleries. DC Brow's been an amazing partner. Um, we I, should put a list up. Number you nine, yeah, list? we'll send you a list okay. and we'll but, add it to the broadcast so people can support those businesses exactly. for being progressive. Aggressive exactly. with their shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the idea behind it is, you know, the, the studies show that 50% of sexual assaults and physical assaults involve the use of alcohol. And that doesn't mean that alcohol causes sexual assault. That means that people are taking advantage of those nightlife environments where people are vulnerable because they're intoxicated. Um, and and uh, and it's dark. It might be crowded. I mean, it's kind of similar to public transit in, in some ways. People are just taking advantage of the environment and preying on people who are vulnerable to engage in sexually aggressive behaviors. And there are some behaviors that have come to be seen as normal in bars and restaurants, in nightlife, in, in nightclubs. Um, and Getting grabbed, getting your ass yeah, smacked. Yeah. yeah, and that's among staff and among patrons. Yes. Among, I mean, it, it goes in all kinds of directions. We hear all kinds of stories when we do these trainings. And so bar and restaurant staff are taught to intervene to prevent these incidents from happening. And studies also show that the environment around an aggressor can change their behavior. So the incidents are less likely to happen if, if mm. we have bar and restaurant staff calling out those everyday mm. incidents of, you know, unwanted comments or, you know, if, if they recognize that someone is coming on to someone who is turning away or, you know, trying to make eye contact elsewhere, like showing subtle body language that they're not interested. Bar staff is taught to intervene in those situations to cut it, um, cut it off early on. And it Mm -hmm. prevents those more severe incidents from happening Mm -hmm. in the first place. Um, and so, yeah, every bar that we train gets a sticker to put out front and we encourage people to like go to those bars, support those bars. And we also think like, you know, bars that are not serious about, about making their spaces safe, whether it's that staff or management is engaging in sexually behavior or sexually aggressive behaviors themselves. Like by training the good bars, we are working to put those, those bars out of business because they're not going to change. There are a lot of bars in the city Mm -hmm. that they're Mm -hmm. not, they have no intention of changing their behaviors. No. And, and we can't keep going there. Yeah. You know, because, um, I've worked in so many bars and restaurants and the attitude of a lot of managers or um, the owners of companies, the attitude is still, you know, the customer is always right. Mm -hmm. And so if you are Mm -hmm. uh, verbally or physically assaulted by a customer, which I have been 
countless times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you two, only two times that a uh, manager stood up for me and like asked that person to leave. Otherwise, it was trying to massage that guest to make sure that they would feel comfortable to stay there and keep spending money because the bottom line is more important than the dignity and safety of their staff, mm-hmm. you know? And that needs to change on... Uh, just a a human to human level, but on a economic understanding as well, because that kind of behavior reinforces, particularly for women who make up 70% of the restaurant industry, that we're not as valuable, Mm -hmm. like our lives aren't as valuable to stand up for, um, that that patron's $20 is more important than our own safety. And on top of the fact that as you know very well, Chantal, the restaurant industry is notorious for um, having nine out of the 12 lowest paid positions mm-hmm. um, of jobs in the entire United States country. And that's, again, a lot of women, women of color and immigrants, too. So it just um, there it's it's multi-layered mm-hmm. um, the uh, mm-hmm. how it impacts people's self of worth, <coughs> um, their identity, um, stereotypes that get reinforced, you know, on all kinds of levels, and I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And like like you said, it's uh, it's multi layered, and we talk a lot about that in in the trainings, um, right? This isn't. It's not about sex. It's about power, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, um, folks who are exhibiting aggressive behaviors are um people have multiple vulnerabilities um multiple identities that add to people um exerting that power Mm -hmm. yeah and that's also that's actually how Chantal came to work with Cass originally Mm -hmm. um because we started to see it's not just sexual harassment I mean from um Folks who were going, especially queer people of color, going to Number 9 and Trade and Nellie's, all of these bars that are now partner bars because their owners are taking safety seriously, they were experiencing a lot of racist microaggressions from white gays. Um, You know, so it wasn't just... It wasn't just sexual harassment, but also uh, discrimination against trans people Mm -hmm. of color. The the data that I cited earlier, the discrimination was highest in the restaurant industry. And so we were seeing, like, the, the problem of sexual harassment, to talk about it as sexual harassment, it, it's almost missing the point. Like, to mm-hmm. focus on sex, because it's not about sex, it's not about romance, it's about power. And power, you know, dynamics manifest in a number of different ways. So that we ended up building a, a sub-program mm-hmm. to not only um, train bar and restaurant staff and certify them, but we are now connecting trans people of color in the city who are facing unemployment, who are turning to sex work because there are no other options with employment options in our partner bars. And Mm -hmm. so Chantal actually trained our first cohort of trans people of color who started working in in bars and restaurants in the city. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you brought that up because in the whole um, Me Too campaign or like the public conversation about sexual harassment and accountability, I feel like uh, trans, queer, gay, lesbian, like, I feel like they're left out of the yes. conversation a lot of times. People and of color a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, the woman who founded it wasn't recognized right? for a long time. Right. And the um, only women of color who came out, the actresses who came out who were women of color, were the only ones who's ha- who had their stories denied or disbelieved, like Lupita Nyong'o and um, Aurora Perrineau from Girls. I mean, they were the only ones whose accounts were denied. Yeah, I I think that there's a lot of of similarities between 
the restaurant industry and the entertainment industry. Talk about it. The biggest thing is this expectation that there's an acceptance of this. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. how it works in this industry. Mm -hmm. This is what you signed up for. You know, I was thinking about with movies and with a bartender, when you think in your mind about a barkeep, you think about a female bartender, there's a very specific look that you get in your mind. She's got beautiful hair. Buxom. Boobs. You're going to see. Exactly. And that <laughs> Great is. Great smile. And when you think of a movie star, you think of Marilyn Monroe, you think of, of this beauty and this body and, and what comes along with it, this expectation that your body's a commodity. It's what's for sale. It's what people are paying for, sex sales. And yeah, being a, a bartender or a waitress with big, that's top heavy, there's literally a restaurant called I do not want to say its name out. Like it's so, it's so objectified in in both of these industries that your body is on display and it's for pay, like straight up. People are paying money to look at your pictures. all the same thing. Mm -hmm. You signed up for this, Mm -hmm. and the and there and, and I'm getting into this because there are so many women who enable it in this industry as well. And I wouldn't like I've been thinking about my metaphysical message and just how we as women have got to get on one accord with this thing right here. Because, as you said, like we can't stop ourselves from being raped, like Mm -hmm. trying to fight that is not even a fight that we can have. Mm -hmm. But women need to agree that rape is wrong Mm -hmm. no matter what. And oftentimes men get this first inkling from a woman like going back to being a mother of a son and how we say you respect these kind of women and you disrespect those kind of mm. women don't bring them home i don't mm. want to see them don't mm. do this don't mm. love them hoes don't do dump blah mm. blah they will be the first ones to give their sons this like i've, I've just heard yeah. it and i've seen it and now at my age when i see it being perpetuated i'm like mm-hmm. and this is how you make a monster <laughs> wow yeah. i wouldn't be particularly hard on women but i do think i agree with you oh, that patriarchy right. affects us all and we As all have to recognize the ways that we are engaging in patriarchal yes. or racist yes. or that's sexist a great way or other, other, yeah. other behaviors that are, are violent because and, and we all I think have to be very conscious of our privileges so mm-hmm. you know as a cis woman I have to be particularly conscious of the mm-hmm. ways that I may make you know, if I am engaging in transphobic behaviors, mm-hmm. I need to be particularly conscious. Um, you know, I'm a non-black woman of color. I need to be particularly conscious of um, the way that these same problems affect black women mm-hmm. in a different way than they affect me. I, ha- You know, we all have to recognize our privileges and uplift those who are more marginalized than we are. And I want to say this, um, particularly because in the restaurant industry, it's it's and the entertainment industry, it's um, a lot of women of all ages, but there are a lot of young women too. Mm -hmm. And I think about myself when I was in my 20s, just trying to learn how to navigate the world, figure out my own power and my Mm -hmm. own sexuality, try to date people and attract people and learn what I thought was sexy and comfortable. Like there were definitely days when I had my titties out too, like at the club, bartending at the bar, because I knew that that was going to help attract and get me more money. And I'll tell you, I used to work at Indie Blue downtown. They're closed now. But I'd wear a corset um, to work. 
I look professional with black pants and everything, but I'd wear a corset there. I tripled the bar revenue. Yes, I did. And Holla. and um and I and I needed to because um I was on actually I wasn't being paid anything. I never got a paycheck there, so I completely depended on my tips, you know. And I'm trying to pay fourteen hundred dollars in in rent, you know, um at that time ten years ago. Yeah. And um it's not that I didn't respect myself or love myself, but I think um, going through sexual assault and trauma and, and trying to figure that all, all out, um, I have changed my behavior. I've learned to speak out about things um, and create boundaries for myself. But as a young woman, a lot of times I don't think we all know how to do that. Yeah, We're trying to figure to out how to right? do it. Mm-hmm. And still also like, have some fun and joy and not mm-hmm. be in fear and find love and have sex and experiment with all that. It's mm-hmm. a very um, confusing yeah. landscape. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, how do we uplift, you know, the women who may be reinforcing No, no matter what you wear, you could, it doesn't matter. That doesn't mean rape. Like, mm-hmm. at no point mm-hmm. ever does your yes override my no like no point i say that because like many many women may think like and and there's different levels to it from if it's somebody you're dating if it's your husband if it's this and that there are many like oh well you know not and it's crazy like so taking it back to when I talk to men about it and they start and, and they start to frustrate me, I use a metaphor they can understand they're a man of color with police brutality and how frustrating it is to them when someone starts preaching respectability politics. Because mm. the ultimate thing is like, it doesn't matter if I'm wearing a hoodie or not. Yeah, You shouldn't have shot me. Like, right. what the fuck? Right. It doesn't matter. Right. You sound exactly the same. Like, well, well, why were you wearing that? Like, mm-hmm. what if that's really what we did? What if you looked at it the same way because the damage you do to a woman when you take something that's sacred is you took her life. She's yes, not the same no more. Never. Flat out. You you basically yeah. killed a whole part of her. She will be better, beautiful, different. But the thing is, who she was before that is never she, the same. So you never. yeah, it's not. And that that seriousness mm. is not is not given. It's like there's this they just they don't see it, but yeah. I love metaphors for that reason. When you start to look at it like that, to see yeah. that, oh well, yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I drink a little. It doesn't matter if he sold a cigarette. It doesn't matter yeah. if my shirt was square, was 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 short. It doesn't matter if, if it a was a toy room. gun. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be it a meta- metaphor because so many women of color experience matter. police violence and and still experience that same. Yeah, like we oh well, well, and we got to fight that too. Who was uh, <laughs> Baltimore? I think it was Charlena Lyles. Yes. Or, yeah, who was holding a gun to protect her family when the police yes. came in, and it was like, well, you know, was why pregnant. was she holding a gun mm-hmm. when she had a five year old? Like, still, the victim blaming happens when yes. women of color are the victims of police violence. Oh yeah. So and nobody about likes that. that at all. Like, nah. So, they I her, am right? still <laughs> angry about yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's Horrible. hard. It's hard uh, because it's 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 just so much. We're in a really bad fucking time right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. 
And you would think that it's on all And this fronts. is progress. This is when we're talking about it. This At least we're talking about it. I'm just happy yeah. to see it talked about. Like yeah, every, that whole Harvey Weinstein thing and then everyone else that came after. Like, thank you, mm-hmm. entertainment industry. Yes, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong to have to fuck your way to the top and think that if you don't fuck, you lose the job. Because that's the reality. They're like, oh, well, you didn't have to do it. You don't have to. You can always say no. Yeah, you're right. I could get fired. I could lose my job. Yeah. I could not get the promotion. I could not get the movie. I could not move ahead professionally when they're like, mm, suck my dick, get the movie. People have sucked dick for less. But that doesn't mean that <laughs> you're right to fucking it's pressure me like that. Exactly. It's a power move. Like, maybe I would have wanted to if you just, like, whined and dime me, but you got to <laughs> just pressure me into this? Now I don't even want it. Now you're making me do it. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, mm. what the fuck? So yeah. Sad. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, uh, well, I'll share with you a situation that happened to me a, a, almost a decade ago. Um. Oh, shit. Over a decade ago. I think about my age. Um, <laughs> Still looking glorious. Only getting better, girl. <laughs> I was working as a sound engineer at Crampton Auditorium, and um, Bill Cosby was one of the speakers. Mm-hmm. And I had to mic him. And, you know, lavalier mic goes underneath the shirt. You know, I had to get real close. And when I'm clipping it, he leans in and he says, Girl, I could eat you up and mm. lick the side of my face. Yo. I gave him this look and like somebody stepped in front and was like, but she's not, well, she's not, uh, what do you say? Uh, she's not on the menu or something like that. Like, nah, like I, I think about the faces, the nervous laughter, the women who were in shock mm-hmm. and who his handlers who were all like, here we go again. <laughs> like, you know, people took me out the room like they just tried to, the immediate damage control like uh, oh okay you know you okay you good you you right you fine he's so crazy so funny right and it's like it's bill cosby right and we're seeing now it's like how 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 many women did he do shit like it that worth too? before you <laughs> decide that he's a horrible person right. because right. it's like one that's not enough two that's not enough. Ben Roethlisberger. Like we can go down the list of how many Sandusky. men. Sandusky. Sandusky like, was how, was how molesting little boys for like thirty fucking years. Were like you how finally many times? Like yeah. okay, yeah. okay. This, this we he has to go. Like it's so horrible with the whole power structure, and in all of these industries, it's like that. The restaurant owner with the money, mm-hmm. you know, pimps and hoes, or you know, just being out on this particular block at this particular club, getting this particular hour. Whatever type of power play that's being played to to put you in this is just wrong, flat out. Yeah. I don't care if I got the movie. I don't care if I work the block. I don't care if I got the best shifts on the weekends and the best part of the bar. It doesn't matter what you gave me. It's wrong that I had to suck dick or do whatever it was for it. Because, I mean, I keep bringing that up because they're famous for that. Like, we just talked about the masturbation pictures. Let's talk about business meetings and other things when their dick just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, am I alone? I might be. I don't know. Like and, in real life and metaphorically. Uh-huh. Yo, yes. <laughs> like what? Yes. Oh, I hate going to meetings where it's mostly all men with power, and I've been in many uh, meetings like that, and it's just the metaphorical dick swinging. Like, 
well, I can bring this much money to the table or I know so-and-so. No, like bullying each other, you know? And I just really, really prefer working with women Mm because women communicate (laughs) and, like, care about feelings but, like, get shit done. That's the other thing, too. I feel like... And shout-out to all the men who get shit done because I'm not trying to marginalize or blanket all of you. Shout-out to the AV Club who are getting shit done right now and who are awesome. Yes. (laughs) Shout-out to all the good men. But there's so many men that once they get to a position of power, they actually don't do shit anymore. They just tell everyone else what they should be doing and then they're not reliable you can't Peter ever Pan depend syndrome. on them you know and i'm just like get off your post like well, move on and the and the other flip side too is like when a woman has a little power success like the assumption like she's a bitch like, well well that but then like from the other flip side like i'm like one time um we were doing a broadcast here and and it was cranking it was you know success and like some guy comes in he sits down he's like too bad I'm taken because I could really, you know, whatever the fuck he was trying to say. I wasn't even trying to hear it. But just the, like, assumption that, like, somehow you could, like, help, like, what the fuck are you even yeah. saying, man? You know yeah. what I mean? I like, too bad me. you're taken. What the, what the fuck does that have to do with me, son? I don't give a fuck if you got a girlfriend son? or not. Not interested. But why do you think that that would benefit me somehow? Like. Oh, right. You just like you see, I'm doing something. You see, I'm succeeding, and somehow you see yourself in He's that. Like, hey, she might need a little. And dick. I'm like, what's your name, bro? You know what I mean? Like, did you really just, you know what I mean? Or guys that come in and say, man, t- it's too bad I got a girlfriend. Or um, or if they ask if I got a girl or boyfriend, I'll say, uh, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's too bad. Why was why was it too bad? Because even if I didn't. It wouldn't change anything right. in this scenario, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. But it's crazy the implied like ownership of oh, my success. Oh. And I can see it in men's eyes when they come in the building the first time and they see everything I got and I can I you can see it. You can like see them like implanting themselves into the picture mm-hmm. like they just can, right? Like they don't even have to earn that position. Like the entitlement is so incre- yeah. like intensely real. It's just like none of them are still in the building. I would like to add these are only people that <laughs> come swiftly in and swiftly out. None of them right. have been allowed to stay. Everyone in the building is a solid, solid human <laughs> Um, but they've definitely made their way in here. I mean, you can just see the wheels turning as they're oh, looking yeah. around and painting themselves into the picture. And it's just really like, what, Milk what's your name? Is real. Yeah. What's your name, man? Like, it's you real. know, I've gotten into like some serious fights. Like, I don't even fuck with motherfuckers anymore because they come up into spaces their first time and disrupt and think that they know everything. They're not from D.C. They haven't been here a long time. They're from fucking Chicago, and they just graduated (laughs) from college, and now they fucking know everything, and then they want to take stuff over, and they're ineffective, and they bring nothing to the table, (laughs) but people listen to them because they take up that space, and people are afraid to, and women in particular are afraid to, like, tell them to, you've had your turn, step back now, Let's get back on course, you know? Right. And I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> With a passion. I think we sparked something inside of Nikki. I think Mercury God, is retrograding like... all over the room. Right, like, Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, Working in movement no, spaces, especially too, because it it's not so just in the lying. private sector. It's it's every it's where the yeah. guys are supposed to be good yeah. doing stuff for women's rights and workers' rights. It's every fucking yeah. way. Everybody knows the language. Everybody knows the talking points and people don't know how to apply. <laughs> just 
Motherfuckers don't know how to put together behavior a strategy in their plan. everyday I lives. Know. Oh my god! Don't even get oh, me man. started. We're we gonna... <laughs> we do have a program that uh, works with masculine identifying folks. Um, it's called Rethink Masculinity. So um, send your problematic men. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll send you a list of emails. Cut right. them off. Yeah, I'm you like, know. I don't have time. For Obviously, this, it's folks who who want to be part. Who want to who want choose? To be part of it. Yeah. But yeah. then they're more equipped to, you know. I'm gonna send everybody in hold the staff. Their, to hold their hold uh, their problematic friends accountable. Are you, are you so. ready to rethink your masculinity? <laughs> and ever, so, so <laughs> everyone. I think about my masculinity. I know. I'm rethinking mine right now. Mm-hmm. I up. thought about my masculinity when we were talking about uh what was that quote about the guy? Like, too bad I got a wife. Yeah. It made me feel more masculine. Like, yeah, too bad I'm about to take her. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I should have said. Damn That's it. the type of shit I said. Yeah, I should have said. I thought about the what it would be like to have, have a dick one time. <laughs> you can Venmo me. Ah, <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I, like I need that. one of those. For those of you that can't see it, it said, hey, baby, can I call you? And it said, no, but you can Venmo me, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> but then you got to give them your phone number, don't you? No. Oh. Just I was thinking app. about writing, <laughs> writing my Venmo address on it. <laughs> you can just send me money. <laughs> right, if you like what you see. Cha-ching. Pay and for it. Get that little if you like what you see, cha-ching. cha-ching. <laughs> Hey, don't call I, me baby. I fully agree with that yeah. one right there. I mean, wouldn't I'm that be great? Saying. Is every time like a man's eyes landed on your ass, it just automatically deducted like, like ten dollars from there? Yes, yes, ten dollars. Like bank $10. account of life. Yes. Like ching damn. So much. We would all do so well. That would work. Or there'd be a bunch of broke ass men. The latter probably. Women would get rich overnight. That's what would happen. All men would go broke. We'd be able to shift all power back to women. It would we be would. perfect. Seriously. I feel like this needs to be developed into yeah. like a science fiction book or something. Because oh, I was thinking an app, but okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, an app. So it's like, yeah, develop that app. It needs to, yeah, we need to manifest snap. this. <laughs> Which is glasses. It's like an optical reader. It's like, your, your eyes have been at ass level for too long, yeah. Johnson. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this can be incorporated into the Glambo saga. The Glambo, yes. So protecting the streets. Glamorously. So so just to bring it back to more lighthearted, because it's a seriously lighthearted show, I just have to share with you all about Chantal. She's a very, very special individual and i learned something i learned something that's gonna throw a little bit go <gasps> oh god oh, yeah. oh god oh my god okay <laughs> it's about so, nick carter nick oh. carter backstreet boys R. right R. yeah so he's, he's done he tell he's us dead, he <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> he's well done. he was just why of what really rape. yeah oh. oh a man or a woman <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Oh, I, I think I mean, he, it was, was a, a woman who was in a mm. group from the 90s. Not the, I mean, yeah. Boo, Nick Carter. Was the Backstreet Boys gay? I think I Lance so. from NSYNC was, is the oh, yeah. Sorry, boy bad. band member who okay. has come out. Yeah. Well, we're okay. talking about Nick Carter. Well, you know what? Because of that, I don't know if the Burger Princess yeah. saga can... Or maybe it can, and we can. It can end. It can become like a horror uh, film where <laughs> we could, like just like real life starts out I good, ends up a horror. Or movie. we come in and like save the woman, uh, you know, before it happens, and we like turn him into a vampire or yeah. something. 
for yeah. a life of solitude and we trap him That'd in a coffin. I don't know. I've been so watching reruns of True Blood. Sorry. Vampire. <laughs> Where is this going? Extremely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Equally dangerous as men, if anything. Vampire <laughs> rapist? What is happening here? It's like a loose I'm pit bull. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been watching too much True Blood, for real. I know the show's like eight years old, but I just like started watching it. That show. <laughs> Out of all the creatures to turn him into. I don't know. Turn him into stone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so much more practical. He's, He's a, a werewolf. He's a statue. Yeah. He turns into a werewolf with razor blade hands. It's terrible. No. No. Sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, he turned into a fucking frog. A frog or a stone. A frog <laughs> with more laser eyes. And then we fried him. Yes. <laughs> well, we can squeeze the DMT out of their backs. <laughs> can you tell the story anyway prior to so Nick Carter, the rapist? This wow. is when Nick Carter was just a blue-haired songbird. I mean, blonde-haired, blue-eyed songbird. Yes. I um, I saw the Backstreet Boys in concert probably well over 15 times. Oh, man. Um, oh, that's rough. Man. And I was, I don't, I don't know how old I was, probably middle school, and I... It w- they were being sponsored by Burger King at the time. <laughs> um, and so, again, this, there's like a lot of layers to this. My friends and I decided to put a thong into a burger oh from God. Burger King. Just like one we, but we were <laughs> middle school, we bought it somewhere. And then we threw it on stage and it, because of the weight of the burger, landed on stage. And uh, <laughs> AJ from the Backstreet Boys picked it up and was like... <laughs> And like handed it to the drummer, and all of a sudden, like there was no plan. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> There's like no we... phone number written on <laughs> There's, like, it. Nothing. We probably saw like the tag from wherever we got. Like right. it was the weird. He was like, "Why is there a burger?" It's awesome. So though. we were gonna have a whole story about the Burger Thong Princess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like were, were you trying to make like, like that subtle pun with the burger? No. Oh, okay. No. She was in middle school. Corporate sponsorship and a thong. I'm in there. <laughs> Wherever that is. It's like, were you trying to? No. So, no. I was like, this makes sense because it will throw further. <laughs> and I've know. seen this in like rockstar. Like it was, I, there was no plan. Yeah, they do that. No that plan. Burger. No more burgers it and was, no more yeah. thongs for Nick Carter, though. <laughs> no. no. He no, doesn't not. deserve your burger thong. Although yeah. don't don't stop throwing burgers at people. There's real value there. <laughs> you know, you get hungry on stage sometimes. Right. I've heard. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah. thongs. I mean, you know, you know what I'm I can focus on much <laughs> worthier. You're like, I got a snack for later <laughs> and a new pair of fucking drawers. Better people <laughs> deserve the panties. I'm and in the there. I could use some new underwear. See, See what I'm know? saying? Next yeah. week I'm bringing you a fucking <laughs> Bring me a, a veggie pack. burger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a thong. I performed at the Howard thong. Theater and people gave me J's. That was pretty cool. Hell yeah. Felt like a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, that was that was awesome. No draws. I want to come to your next show and throw yeah. J's at you now. No draws. Yeah. I mean, now J's that I'm older, like, I J's need are better. the food and the underwear, so I'm like, I'm probably You're like not just gonna, rapping. Probably not going to throw it. It's not that songs. I didn't then. You just throw a rock on stage <laughs> instead. No. <laughs> I mean, that was basically uh, what she did anyway, that, right? There's like I no, know. there's nothing literally, afterwards. So you might as well just no throw plan. like a 
Rock throwing is like part a, of a the potato. Uh, yeah, bunk, keep yeah. Yeah. That's part of the, <laughs> the one hate massive uh, culture. Say, I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> throwing rocks. <laughs> oh. Okay, potatoes. I'll keep with my Irish heritage on that one. You know what I'm saying? Word. Yeah, Word. I don't think I want to get hit by random. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Far more cost effective. You know what I mean? Potatoes are much cheaper. <laughs> much are. cheaper. Yeah. Do you all teach people? Is that part of like. How to respond on the street throwing burgers when you see an assault. <laughs> I'm what? not opposed to it. I do tell people when they come in, because people share all kinds of stories about how they've responded in the past. And they vary from, like, you know, saying, I'm not interested, to punching someone in the face. And I, I always say, you know, whatever you've done in the past is what you needed to do to protect yourself. I'm not going to say you should punch everybody, but I'm not mad at you for Sometimes it. Sometimes you got to punch one. Yeah. In the face. In the face. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to. I really want to thank you, ladies, so much for creating a safe space. I um participated in this uh, art project that was at the National Museum um, Museum mm. for Women in the Arts. Clothesline project. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, you were I wasn't there, there for the. I, I wish you guys were because one I of the questions it, yeah. was um. Well, we were we were asked to come up. Well, part of the clothesline thing is is coming up with a question that you can kind of apply to any woman in the world um, as open-ended as possible about their unique experience. Mm. And one of the questions that we all kind of gravitated to in one way or another was, where do you feel safe? Mm. And as we went around the room, um, you know, it's uh, international, intergenerational conversation, just about being a woman and the idea of a safe space being so foreign for so many people like nope not on the street nope not in my house nope Uh not in my car nope not at work hmm it wasn't even a a place it ended up being a who i feel safe with With. my husband i feel Mm -hmm. safe with my and that was just like the damn like nowhere not by yourself in your apartment do you truly feel safe if you're locking the doors and looking out the windows and thinking these different things like really breaking down that so just this work in in, in educating everyone all these businesses all across it needs to be done so much and the name is just it's a ministry it's really yeah. ministering to my heart i'm so thankful Indeed. that you guys are here i'm so happy it's not the end but i just wanted to <laughs> no. say that yeah if we can uh show their website again so uh folks can visit collective action for safe spaces mm-hmm. uh dc their website um i see that on your website there's a lot of accounts and stories and yeah. uh you know so i want to encourage people if you have a story um to write in share it it helps to just get things off the chest and relieve it um come in and meet chantal and jessica and uh you know, feel safe and learn what you can do to protect yourself or a friend um, that may be uh, going through some stuff. So um, just shout out to y'all again for being brave, um, for taking a progressive step to creating solutions um, for something that has been a problem since the beginning of time. Um, I think it's really big, bold, important work. And I just want to do anything that we can to amplify that and make it more powerful and big. Um, before we like switch to the metaphysical moment or give a couple business shout outs, I just want to ask y'all, because we didn't get to talk about it, the Women's March. Were y'all there mm. J- January this year? It was a struggle. I did end up going and... Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, 
I did end up going. It was hard because, you know, in the months leading up to it, it was seeming like a white women's march. And I didn't see it was. my experiences reflected. Yeah. And then they, they, you know, I kept being hopeful. I was always hopeful. Me too. They yep. issued their um, principles document. And that looked really good. And they had a lot of diverse voices who contributed to that document. And it was amazing. And then, like, two days before the march, they pulled out the part about supporting sex workers' rights. Mm. And so I was like, what happened? WTF. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then, you know, people noticed. Actually, HIPS, folks at HIPS particularly noticed, mm. brought attention to it. And um, and they ended up putting it back. And uh. and so it was, you know, it was hard. Why would they take it down in the first place? Right. Right. Women politics. Yeah. Um, Clicking up, clicking up. (laughs) I ultimately went, I felt like it was, you know, like New Year's Eve in New York City. Like it was just a nightmare. So many people all over the place. And it did not, it was. It was disorganized. Yeah. I hate being in some shit that's disorganized, even when it's for a good cause. You shit is not organized. And I don't know what's Mm -hmm. clear, what we doing, what the next steps are. I'm like, you fucking wasting my time because this shit is serious. It's making women look bad because we're organized. I know. But but shout out to people that try. You got to start somewhere and things are not perfect. At first you don't succeed. Try, try again. But like for real there, I was upset because Mm -hmm. I know nationally powerful women organizers that mm-hmm. put together marches women of color white women yeah. um immigrant women that do the damn shit you yep. know and i was like how come these people didn't like network and reach out and find those people that can make this more strategic and powerful and inclusive of mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. i felt the same way that you did i reluctantly went i went i was hopeful and then a white lady from the midwest grabbed my arm and then touched my hair and mm. was like Oh my God, I love your afro. How does it do that? And I was just like, this is not the time mm-hmm. to grab someone you don't know and touch oh, their hair. Right. Never. This is not that time. No. But I froze in that moment because that hasn't happened to me in a long time. Like mm. something like that hadn't happened to me in probably like 10 years. I can't even remember. And I froze and I defaulted into um, doing what I thought was safe. Not that I felt that she was going to hurt me or anything, but I just don't like being grabbed by random yeah, people. Of course. And I like appeased her mm. and just tried to wiggle my way away and then politely like get away from her, you yeah. know? And so I lost an opportunity to um, stand up for my dignity and respectfully agitate her to um, be more conscious. Yeah, but it's um, exhausting to do that all the time, to experience that from from men, from white women, for you know, from everyone every day and to always feel that it's your responsibility to speak up. No, it's it's their responsibility not to invade your personal space. We all know the body language cues mm-hmm. that someone is feeling unsafe or uncomfortable. And I experienced that so much from white women. You know, it, and it, and again, it comes back to the fact that this is about power and control. And again, like when we talk about sexual harassment, it's not enough to talk about sexual harassment. We have to talk about harassment and microaggressions more broadly to um, take account for the ways that people of marginalized identities are are taken advantage of or preyed upon by people who are even just slightly more privileged than them. Even if they're not a 
wealthy, rich, white mm-hmm. male who's like the pinnacle mm-hmm. in a corporation or right. something. There's, yeah, all kinds of different levels. I, um, as a black woman with education, lives here in the Washington, D.C. area, has a broad network of, of friends and influential people. I have all kinds of privilege um, that... Uh, white women, immigrant women may not benefit from. Mm-hmm. So I try to be very conscious of it, mm-hmm. even though I'm always talking about uh, privilege and power dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's important for everyone to recognize the levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I was like earlier today, I was like, hey, ladies, can I uh, use the hashtag pussy power for mm-hmm. the show? You know, because um, Chantal is a cat lover. And I went on your Facebook page. I was like, let me find a picture of Chantal. And like 50% of them was with you and one of your lovely cats. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was. 50%, but yeah, you know, thank I was you. Like, <laughs> So in my mind, I was like, there's a lot of pussies on this page. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We're going to be talking about this women and sexual harassment and all that stuff. So I was like, hashtag pussy power. And then I was like, are y'all mm-hmm. call- cool if I use that? And you were like, mm, I don't know about that. Tell us why pussy power is not necessarily appropriate right. um, to empower women. Right. Um, I think my... My direct quote was, uh, I love pussy cats. I think pussies are awesome. I think pussy power equates uh, gender with genitals, right? So um, not every woman has a pussy. And I think so. The um, Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that that's Blow. why. And that, yeah, and that comes back to the <laughs> right. women's march and how right, focused exactly. it on, was on, like, one specific identity like, with the pussy hat. Well, like, Everyone yeah. has who the pink pussy hat. And, and who, you know, whose pussies are pink? Like, you know, like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, you like, it just yeah. focuses on one specific identity. Mm-hmm. I think Jay might have something to say. Yeah. What do you have to say? <laughs> say it, Jay. This is, so this is a space where we can hold multiple yeah. perspectives and engage yeah. and still love each other. What are you thinking? I, I got to... Are you in retrograde? Is that what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. One love. Massive. You know, shout outs to all of those who love power. Yes. Take your power back, yo. Absolutely. That's my quote. Take your power back. Yeah, man. Power for everybody. Yes. <laughs> Reclaim Every, your time. All the <laughs> And all of that. Well, um, ladies, any sp- specific business shout outs you want to give today before we transition? Can, can we say like pussies, minks, and ferrets? And be inclusive if we do it like that? What? No, I never mind. I can't that. just come up with these names. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just thought I of that. I don't know like, about that. I'll let them decide. Like, you're, you're, I included everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's, a, what's a mink? Wait a minute. <laughs> so, um, I do want to give a business shout out. Pivoting. Um, to the Vintage Glam uh, tea shop today. I'm wearing a blouse. Um, that I got from the Vintage Glam Tea Shop. It's uptown on uh, Kennedy Street Northwest, 2nd and Kennedy. And, um, you know, 
think I got it for like five dollars. That's a nice brooch. Very nice. You have Love on it. your blouse. Thank you. Thank and your lipstick you. is perfectly yeah. matching the tones of the shirt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Always trying to be fashionable. And uh, the Vintage Glam Tea Shop does uh, really awesome <clears throat> tea parties, etiquette parties mm. for young ladies, uh, bridal parties, all kind of stuff like that. And she's got a wonderful. Uh, uh, really affordable vintage shop. It is a black-owned, woman-owned business um, in Ward 4. Shout out to Ward 4 also. Is there an age cutoff for the etiquette classes? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is there like a group discount? <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, she it's cool. She'll like teach people how to have proper tea and stuff, oh you know, God. and like That's the cute. different forks and spoons you're supposed Ooh. to use yeah. for the tea oh. and the salad mm-hmm. and, and the where your napkin's supposed to go mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It's kind of like a, a lost art. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot so, of people don't awesome. know how to set a table. Yeah. Like, which side of your plate does the fork go on? You know? Do the you left. you know the different the types of way to set? Depends. You have English, you have standard, you have formal, you have... Like there's there's lots of different ways to set a table low key. Yeah. Where does your glass go? Like all that. Shout outs to etiquette, man. But you know, everyone didn't go to finishing school. I certainly <laughs> didn't. But we sh- <laughs> we should talk to uh, the owner there and see if she wants to get certified as safe space because uh, yeah. it is a place where um, primarily women come and shop. Men certainly come in too, but it is a, a woman centric space. So uh, I'll make sure to introduce y'all, especially because. Your space is on Kennedy yeah, Street. Yeah, we're right down the street. And she's down the block. You're literally mm-hmm. like three blocks apart from each other. Definitely going to make a, a DC connection there. Nice. Is there a cost? Mm-hmm. Is there oh, a yes. cost to get safe certified? How yeah. much is it? So we charge $500 for one bar training, and they can bring in as many bars as they own, up to 20 participants. Um, and then we also will do train the trainers. So if they want to get all of the managers from a bar trained, then that's uh, 1250 Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Word. That's cool. Teach it's valuable class. work. And train the trainers. Yeah. Is so the city doing... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was just... Is that like a package? Yeah, so we could train the managers in a longer training to then go back to their bars and, and um, train all of their bars. So so they become like trainers mm-hmm. themselves? Mm-hmm. Very like necessary. Got to keep it moving forward. Yeah, ideally know? we'll spread the knowledge as far and as... And uh, is the mayor or anybody in our local government supporting this and giving, like, kickbacks to the restaurants that do this or anything? Is there support? So interesting that you asked that <laughs> because today uh, the mayor mandated that all D.C. government employees go through sexual harassment training. And we don't know yet what that looks like. There was already a bill in the D.C. Council that would have brought together groups like... ABRA, um, the Alcoholic Beverage Regulation Administration, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, D.C. Parks and Recreation, like all the spaces, DDOT, Department of Transportation, would have brought those organizations together and would have figured out what training looks like. The mayor today kind of skipped ahead, um, so I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if it's going to be in line with the bill that's already pending. Um, but the goal is definitely to support the bars and restaurants. And I think we can do that on a community level. Like we can, we have a happy hour pledge where people can sign on community groups like, um, greater greater Washington and district karaoke will sign on and say, we'll only host our events at certified safe bar. collective bars. So we do support the bars and restaurants and we host our, you know, our events at CAS, um, at our bars and restaurants because we want the money to go to bars that are taking safety seriously. For sure. Yeah, because, I mean, that's an investment, you know, and a lot of small business owners mm-hmm. don't always have money for yeah. those kind of things or mm-hmm. money at all. 
Um, so that's that's good that they're spending money on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me find. Let, keep me informed. Let me find out the mayor has actually done something beneficial for. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Let me find. Let out. me find out <laughs> what's mm-hmm. really going on here. Mercury. I'm <laughs> so with that um, I want to thank you ladies again uh, Collective Action for Safe Spaces DC for joining our show today again super brave super relevant super amazing work and I'm glad to be uh, having this conversation at the end of the year as we go into 2018 um, to keep it fresh Yes, bring some more power into our spaces yes you know so thank you again for taking the time to join us Chantal Kudo. Jessica Raven, pleasure having y'all. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to the one, the only, the metaphysical, Jay Mills. Bring us some peace and clarity. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Right. I'm trying to reach deeply. Very deep. Man, shout outs to the divine feminine energy. Divine masculine energy. The yin, the yang, the sun, the moon the earth and the ocean and the both of it shout outs to the house and that indescribable touch that makes it a home shout outs to the seed and the magic of the womb that makes the child shout outs to the thought and the action that brings that thought to life and understanding the importance of both sides with no order is where I my metaphysical message is coming from um it's important to say this because in this relative realm we come from the realm of the absolute you know in mathematics you learn about absolute numbers there's no positive there's no negative there's only the absolute but then you bring it down to the relative realm where there's night and day and hot and cold things that you experience through this body that your soul is wearing it's not all but we are fooled This paradigm likes to put things in order as if there is a better than when the colors of the rainbow are different and beautiful, all the same. You know, the judgment of man versus woman and trying to see because of a physical strength or because of perceived logic, emotional tendencies and whatnot, these differences that are now being separated in this relative realm instead of being seen as absolute that only a feminine person can feel and do these things only femininity is to nurture and masculinity is to be violent and in this absolute we must realize that to create and destroy is the same nature is absolute a hurricane is absolute A typhoon, a monsoon, absolute, not good, not bad, not evil. It is. As women, we embody, we are a living metaphor of what it is to be divine in humanity. To have your body defy all logic and the possibility that you might give life. Knowing that the giving life is not just through your womb, it's through your words. We put this physical importance. I paused earlier when you talked about 
body parts and things like that and how that doesn't make you a particular gender or the other. The idea of people are just losing their minds trying to fit into one box and not the other. I'm not feminine enough to be a woman. I don't get treated like a lady. I'm not masculine enough to be a man. And a lot of confusion is coming because we're just people. Toxic masculinity, women that feel like they have to be hard and they can't nurture to the point where they're not, they don't know how to be mothers anymore. We're suffering, but at the same time, we're growing because we're in the midst of a paradigm shift. So for the divine feminine, I just speak energy and life into that power. Yes, it is power. It is power and it is very powerful. And with great power comes great responsibility. These are facts. The sun shines, the earth turns it back and it becomes night. Did the sun stop shining? No. You just couldn't see the light. When we make our choice in who we choose to be and if we choose to shine, how bright we choose to shine based upon how an earthling feels, you'll never be the star you were born to be. We're always filtering our light, especially as women. We are forever filtering our light. We are forever afraid of the light. And it is such a gift and a burden. It is a beauty. Everyone loves us. No matter what the gender is, we are the ones who domesticated the animals. It's, it's written in ancient historical texts. The feminine power, the gentleness of our spirit is something that everybody has. Just as the strength that's only supposed to be for the masculine, a woman is strong too. We are perfect, separate, collectively, individually, as a planet. The women, the men, the earth, the animals, all of us are divine. And activating your divinity means acting in love. Love is protecting. Love is making sure that everybody is always feeling safe. Nurturing or protecting, it's the same thing. Whether it's masculine or feminine, we all owe each other the duty of loving. Loving to help somebody grow, loving to protect them where they are. Both are the same. We got to do this where it's a one love massive. Shout outs to all the women. Shout outs to all the men. Loving is a vulnerable thing. You love someone. The one that you love can hurt you if you have attachment to the love you give. Love with no attachment. Love with no expectation. <clears throat> love and activate that light. Because we all meant to shine, yo. One love massive. Yes. Yes. That was beautiful. <laughs> I feel better now. I yeah. do. Y'all feel better now? <laughs> amazing. I yeah. feel right? a little less retrograde -y. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That was a beautiful wisdom bucket of many nuggets. Bucket of nuggets. You're out of control. <laughs> bucket of nuggets. Nikki uh, loves her wisdom say. nuggets. That's I her do. favorite thing. She's like, wisdom nuggets. Bucket. Bucket. It's just, I love the wisdom that each of us has within us and that we're able to share it. You know, you don't have to be 80 or 90 years old. like On your deathbed. You know, like all of us are packed full of wisdom. So I love in case people didn't get it. Did you hear that? You know what I'm saying? Wisdom nugget. But <laughs> thank you again, Jay Mills. Thank you, Molly Rulin, for thank hosting you. us and creating this awesome platform and space. Thank you again, thank you. ladies, for the work that you do and to yes. Collective Action for Safe Spaces. And, uh, you know, 
<clears throat> oh yeah, there was one thing else I was supposed to tell people about, and I forgot what? about. Flex Matthews dropped an album today. Oh snap! And, Yo, uh, the homie Flex. Yeah, and I listened to it. It's really dope, and you nice. can get it on Tidal um, or on uh, Apple Music. Okay. And so uh, I meant to shout him out earlier with with the business drop, and I was just so into women that I forgot about <laughs> one of our man allies. But shout out to Flex Matthews and uh, for uh, creating DC culture. Um, yes. His album is. Hi, my name is Flex, and <laughs> it's really dope, so check it out. But nice. thank you again, and uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you later. Actually, I got, oh, one, I got one thing to add before you cut us off. Don't cut us off. <laughs> um, we are doing a New Year's Eve party oh, here yes. on the 31st, which would make sense since it's a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's actually on the 1st, awkwardly enough. Um, no, it's on the 31st, and uh, it's kind of a private event, kind of not a private event, but we've got some really amazing DJs lined up, Destruction and... And the Night Flight DJs, which are like an amazing deep house collective. Um, and we're going to deck the building out and have uh, all kinds of edibles and pre-rolls and treats for the, uh, for the, for the needy. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you're looking for a solid New Year's Eve plan, check out our Facebook page, the Eventbrite, the website, all those things. It's the Time Traveler's Ball. So Just uh, follow One Love Massive. That's right. Or- if you aren't already, <laughs> bastards. Can, can I make an announcement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this Hell is our yeah. show. We do what we want. <laughs> Saturday, December 23rd, 1223 from 11 to 7 p.m. Make sure that you come through to Bizarre Noir. Yes. You don't have to say it like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come here for the Bizarre Noir. Noir. <laughs> <laughs> You should make people say that. Right? <laughs> Noir, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's right upstairs. Um, yeah, but it's really awesome. We have like 40 different vendors of all different sorts. We've got a lot of different um, amazing local businesses of of different types. You know, Bizarre Noir is literally the black market. Um, and uh, it's a play on things. It's not black in terms of culture. It's um, black in terms of small businesses that are really trying to work their way up to the point where they can have their own brick and mortar or a uh, build up their website to where they can really scale up their businesses. So for these small businesses, giving them this place to display all of their different artists and crafts, their books, their flowers and herbs and tasty treats and teas and candles and soaps and all small handmade we've loved. We got a live painter. Um, we have really, really great artists that are going to be performing. Shout outs to Pinky Killico. Hola. <laughs> Shout outs to Godzilla, man. I hollered at the homies and they're going to be rocking the mic. I'm so excited about that. My man LX, Grammy nominated. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really dope. And it's free. <gasps> Where do people find information? You can go to BizarreNoirDC.EventSmart.com. Dot com or check me out on um that was kind of to check me out <laughs> check me out on um ig uh the real j mills um or follow the j suite on everything because that's where it's at man sign up for at the newsletter the yeah definitely yes. sign up sign up for the newsletter vip costs a little bit but it has a lot of treats Hope I see you on Saturday. Cool. It was like a commercial at first. It was. Do you ladies have any uh, <laughs> announcements that you want to make sure that our viewers hear? Uh, uh, nothing coming up. We're doing a lot of infrastructure building and planning for 2018. Woo-hoo. But you can always, if you um, 
experience harassment in D.C. in any public space, you can share that story on our blog or share it on Twitter using the hashtag NopeDC. And we are always looking for volunteers. So um, mm. if you want to facilitate workshops, if you want to um, join our Rethink Masculinity program, we are yeah always looking for new people. Awesome. Guys. One more time. Thank you to Collective Action for Safe Spaces. Thank you to Molly. One love massive. Thank you, Jay Mills, for the beautiful metaphysical mm -hmm. moment. I'm Nikki MG. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next year. Happy holidays. Peace. Peace. Peace.